Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey, hey, great to be with you here on Private Club Radio on another Monday morning. I'm pumped for today's guest. We will be chatting with Ryan Dorr of Strategic Club Solutions. I've seen some of his information all over LinkedIn recently and reached out to him. And Ryan agreed to come on the show. We're going to be talking about Strategic Planning 2.0. What does that mean? What does that entail? What do you need to know? You're going to find out very shortly from Ryan. Well, Norm Spitzig and I had a wonderful time up in New Jersey at Morris County Golf Club, speaking to the Club Managers Association of New Jersey. Had a really good time with those folks. What a great group. We had about 40 people out there to talk about marketing to all generations. So if you were there, thank you. It was great to see you. And I saw a lot of listeners of Private Club Radio there. It was great to shake some hands and meet some new folks. Next stop on the journey for me, I'm heading to Cleveland, to the Cleveland chapter of the CMAA, and we're going to be talking about social media strategy. That's happening next week, October 16th in Cleveland. So if you'd like some more details about that, check out aloisi.com, my website. And if you are in Cleveland listening to Private Club Radio, I would love to see you there. And then in November, I'm going to be spending an entire month, basically, of November in the European Union. Well, first, starting in the UK, no longer part of the EU, we're going to be doing the Club Leadership Summit, broadcasting right from the CLS outside of London at Ascot Racecourse. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then I'm heading to the Club Managers Association of Europe, the European Conference happening in Marbella, Spain. November 18th through the 21st and looking forward to that great group of club managers in Europe. So lots planned here in the fall. It's going to be pretty busy. If you are in one of those places, I would love to meet you. So please come up and say hello. All right. Ryan is going to be up right after this message. Want to learn Gabe's secrets for social media success? He's sharing his best tips and little known hacks to develop and close more membership prospects online. And best of all, it's 100% free for Private Club Radio listeners. To join him on the next Social Media Masterclass, sign up at privateclubradio.com social. My next guest is Ryan Dorr. He's the president and CEO of Strategic Club Solutions. During his 20-year career of managing clubs for companies, owners, and members, Ryan was sought after for his ability to come in, re-energize, and grow a club. As demand for his expertise grew beyond what he could handle as a manager, Ryan began consulting for multiple clubs. And after managing his last club, he became a certified business coach and has combined his methods of coaching, consulting, and expertise as an operator into what is the fastest growing full service club consulting firm. Ryan, welcome to Private Club Radio. Thanks, Gabe. Yeah. First question for you. I know you've gotten some pretty fantastic results for your clients. So I'd love for you to highlight a few. Uh, it's up to you if you want to use club names or whatever, but if you could give us just a little background on strategic club solutions and some of the wins you've had, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So, uh, one of our, uh, we kind of have three signature products that, uh, and, and offerings that we have. 
Um, one of them being our executive search process really takes a true fit approach um, that we use that um, has had a 99.2 success rate. Uh, we've had about 129 placements and only one candidate uh, after six years is is uh, not in that in their position. So uh, we're really proud of that track record. And uh, that's just a testament to our process and, and the time we invest with the board and the management team to uh, really understand what the club is looking for from a from a fit standpoint, it's not just a, a skill and experience, it's personality, it's, um, ex, you know, their, their expertise and what they're really, what they really excel at and make, making sure that that's a good fit for the club. Um, we've got uh, uh, one club in particular, uh, which was actually one of our first placements, uh, uh, Bishop's Bay Country Club out in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. They uh, hired a, a manager and, you know, the, the club had kind of been comfortable for a while. And I just talked to the board president uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, the manager that they've had there has, he said, we had no idea what we were missing. You know, we were just kind of an average club performing at an average level. And the manager that they hired and that we put in place there um, has taken the club from basically breaking even to full of the wait list. Um, they've undergone several capital projects. They're cash flowing a uh, significant amount above and beyond what they ever thought was possible. And uh, so it's always exciting to hear those, those success stories that, uh, all the work we put in on the front end turns out uh, great for the, the client. Yeah, I bet for sure. So how does the true fit process dif- differ from some of the other search firms out there? And how is your practice a little bit different, Ryan? Well, we, um, we really sit down and, and invest a lot of time on the front end from uh, with the board and the management team, understanding where the club is at, what their, you know, three to five year plan is, what some of the challenges have been. Typically, there's a, a manager that either just left and moved on to a new opportunity or or just parted ways with the club because it wasn't working out. And so we really try to to take advantage of, you know, what were the things that were working and what are the things that weren't working with that individual and really try to understand the, um, the specific culture fit, the skill fit, the um, experience fit. You know, is it a are they looking for a mayor of the dining room? Are they looking for someone with a really strong business acumen to drive the business? Um, you know, are they, what are the, the specific traits that, that are key? Um, I don't know a lot of the other search firms, uh, you know, spend some time along that as well. Um, but we take all the, those, those kind of avatar definitions for an ideal general manager. And, um, we reach out into the market and seek a candidate. We'll develop a position marketing document, um, a little different than a job description or just a job posting, but, uh, really a marketing document to help sell the club and the opportunity. Um, we reach out to managers. We have managers that, uh, that apply through the, uh, either through our website or through, uh, we use a lot of the uh, club manager uh, chapters throughout the country. And, um, you know, we develop a good talent pool. We have a qualification matrix that we run everybody through that uh, is specifically designed for the club and the, the fit they're looking for in their manager. Then once we get that uh, narrowed down into a, a small co- pool of candidates, maybe top five or seven. And then we uh, basically take those candidates through uh, a series of interviews with the uh, the board, typically be via phone, and then narrowing that down to, you know, top three to five, where we're doing um, pre-hire assessment tools. We have uh, some tools that we like to use that measure critical thinking, personality, um, a variety of, of metrics. And then we're presenting those top three to five, uh, assuming that all those pre-hires went well in front of the board for live interviews. And we like to, I like to let set them up all on the same day. That way uh, 
everybody's in the same mindset. Uh, a lot of times when we've in the past, when we had uh, started, we would do one interview on Monday, two interviews on Wednesday, three interviews on, on Friday. And sometimes we had different people in the room. Sometimes people were having a good day or a bad day. And so to control the, the consistency and the environment of the process, we like to, to try to schedule a single interview day that we get uh, all or most of the board of the committee uh, in place to, to go through and interact with the manager, the candidates, and then any follow-ups that are necessary, we, you know, we do for uh, before final final offers are made. Mm. But uh, that's that's been our process, and it's worked worked really well. I like the process just in hiring in general. Even if you're already a general manager, and you're looking to hire maybe a F and B director or anybody on your staff, and to do it all in one day, I think is a great tip. I know I just went through a hiring process here at my company, and I did not take that advice, and I did it over different days. And you're right, you know, depending on the mood I was in and, you know, maybe not everybody got the same experience. Other distractions. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Um, So you guys have a methodology that you call strategic planning 2.0. And I would love for you to share what that's all about with our listeners. Sure. Well, a lot of strategic, you know, strategic planning is kind of a, a little bit of an overused buzzword. And it's always fascinating to me when we meet with clubs of, you know, do you have a strategic plan? And they all look completely different. Um, some of it is, you know, the manager sat down and wrote it himself. Some of it was a committee in the board where they didn't involve management at all. Um, and, you know, so obviously when we're dealing with a lot of these member-owned clubs, um, you've got a lot of really smart business people that have been a part of those processes for other organizations or companies. And so um, we just found that, uh, you know, a lot of times people sit down, they do their mission, vision, and values. They might set some goals, um, but really 90% of the time it sits on the shelf and it's just not being implemented or executed. So our strategic two, planning 2.0 um, really takes some fundamentals from, uh, there's a book called Traction um, by Gino Wickman. And in there, they, uh, they have a, a program that's called EOS, which kind of flips traditional strategic planning on its head. And so we take some of the principles in there and really focus on the team, the people strategy, the organization, the culture, um, and looking at uh, instead of an organizational chart, actually an accountability chart that then gets the board and the management team aligned on who's responsible for what. And then once those those are assigned, we're identifying, does the candidate get it, want it, or have the capacity to do it? A lot of times in clubs, we see where these, uh, you know, the dining room manager really has a great relationship with the members. He's been there for five, six, seven years and the food and beverage director leaves and they go through this hiring process and they say, you know what, Johnny, Johnny, our dining room manager, he, he'd be a great food and beverage director. Johnny's only ever worked at the club. He may not have any professional training outside. And so Johnny gets moved up to the food and beverage director position, but he may not have all the skill sets to really be an effective food and beverage manager. So a lot of times as we go through this process, we identify gaps or opportunities in skill set. And if the candidate gets it and wants it, but maybe just doesn't have the, the capacity or doesn't have the skill set to do it, the club can then decide, well, do we want to make an investment in Johnny? Maybe get some training, uh, get him with a, a coach or a, uh, another, uh, send him to some uh, classes. There's obviously lots of resources out there, but really our focus is let's look at the team, you know, let's look at the club culture, and then really determine from a three to five year standpoint, what's the club see as their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You know, we'll go through that, that process. Uh, just as you wouldn't traditional strategic planning. And then really we uh, develop uh, a clean, clear map of 
typically three to five really high level goals for the organization, depending on the, on the club. Um, they could be people oriented, finance oriented, capital planning oriented. Um, and so, or it could be member experience oriented, which is what a lot of our clubs are looking at now and, uh, trying to figure out how to differentiate themselves in the marketplace, how to provide a, a better experience for members and how do you appeal to these next generations of members coming up. Um, and so by looking at the people, the finances, the capital structure and the, um, and the experience piece, um, clubs are really able to, to develop a full encompassing plan. And then we also uh, map out um, the next step of now that the plan's done, how are we going to implement and execute it? And we work with the, the department heads and the manager to, uh, on the execution side, we help the board understand that management's role to execute and it's the board's role to, you know, govern and, and hold them accountable. And so we'll go through those action steps and, and plans um, typically and 90 day sprints or quarterly sprints, as we like to say. And uh, what are the things we need to do in the first quarter to achieve our long term goal over the next three to five years? And so we kind of prioritize those things. They present their action plans to the board. And then typically about twice a year, uh, once at the six month mark and once at the 12 month mark at the annual meeting, the management team then reports on their progress at the strategic plan. It gets everybody aligned. It cre creates a great um, handoff when you have boards changing, changing positions. You know, one of the biggest challenges we have in this industry is ever-changing boards and, you know, initiatives and things like that. And that's really where the value of strategic plan comes in is that before you come on the board, you need to know what you're signing up for. And if the plan's already been put together, then that's the plan that, that the, and the course that the club needs to stay on. So those are just some things that we, uh, we like to do with our strategic planning 2.0. So what's the, the, the deliverable there, Ryan? Do you give them some sort of manual or guide that each board member can you know, take home and, and take a look at before that first board meeting? Yeah, well, we, um, and it's not necessarily just what we think. It's we, we customize it for each club. So typically we're relying on a lot of member survey data early on uh, as well as, and then integrating that into the plan. And then the plan really is uh, the deliverable that we give them. Uh, and then we actually meet still with the uh, the managers on a quarterly basis, as long as the club wants us to continue helping keep them on track. Some clubs openly acknowledge that accountability is an issue for us, and we'd like you to come in on a regular basis and keep us on track. And mm -hmm. other clubs are, hey, now that we've got a plan, you know, and the, we've got a competent manager that can really lead the charge and follow the plan, um, then, then they kind of take the bull by the horns and, and lead it from the manager's perspective. Right. So it just depends on where the club's culture is around uh, board governance and management. I, I find it fascinating that so many clubs are operating right now without a strategic plan. What would you say that, you know, clubs out there taking a ballpark number actually have a plan right now? Uh, I would say it's probably less than 20%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scary. It's, it's, and it is really scary, but you know, I think a lot, the, the challenge is a lot of, a lot of clubs view it as an expense or they try to self-implement and when when a, a board or a manager is self-implementing, they're not really truly able to fully participate in the process, right? Or they have a, a lens that's somewhat skewed. Whereas if you whether you bring in, you know, us or another consulting group to facilitate your strategic plan, it's really important to have that that third party that's unbiased, that has other perspectives outside of the the lens of the club and doesn't have any limiting beliefs or, or limiting realities on what's possible. Um, 
And so I think that that's really an important piece. And then everybody gets to participate at the same level. There's not a facilitator that has a, an agenda to pursue or a position to protect. Um, there's going to be differences through the process and if there's healthy debate. And that's really important to be to, to have happen with an independent facilitator versus, you know, a manager or board board member that's trying to facilitate that. What would you say to clubs out there who who basically complain that there's maybe not enough time to to put one of these plans in place or to to go through the due diligence and the the research that it takes? What what would be your what would be your uh, uh, answer to that? Well, I think it's um, kind of like the old adage that that you've heard. You know, clubs are like, you know, why would we invest in training all of our staff if they leave? If they're just yeah, going to leave. Right. Well, what happens if you don't? Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going to keep you're going to keep living in your in your organized chaos for lack of a better term and uh which is inefficient and expensive it's just hard to for people to wrap their head around you know yeah it's it's important to take a day or two days you know once a year to, to really revisit the strategic plan take a look at it make sure we're on course make any adjustments for outside factors maybe you didn't foresee whether it's change in management or change in economy change in your uh particular market um, but, uh, it's really important to have a plan because then everybody's on the same page. And oftentimes we see, you know, the cost of not having a plan is really significantly more than the cost of investing in a plan, um, both in time and money. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Now there's something else that you guys do that I, I think is pretty cool. You have club masterminds. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the club masterminds, how the process works and how people can get involved in that. Yeah, so this uh, this was kind of born out of we were facilitating some roundtable discussions uh, for one of the chapters here in the Midwest, and uh, always got great feedback from the sessions. You know, roundtables are an effective tool, uh, but on the feedback forums, one of the things that that we found out is people didn't feel like they could really put all their issues out there on the table because you know it's a small industry, and you know it's even though everybody has their own value prop um, to the market, um, people don't always want to show all their cards or or become vulnerable in front of their peers. And we created this club masterminds concept where once a month uh, via video conference, managers from across the country, typically in groups of 10 to 15 people um, of similar type clubs, either similar in size or, or, uh, you know, offering be it city clubs, country clubs, um, get on a call once a month for an hour. We have it scheduled, you know, like if it's the second Tuesday of the month or the fourth Friday, we have it scheduled same time for each group. And it's a facilitated conversation where either myself or one of our other consultants on the team sits down and uh, prior to the meeting, managers can submit their issues, concerns, ideas, or things that they want feedback from the group on. That's distributed before the call. And then we get everybody on the call and the person with the issue, idea, or concern gets to sit in the hot seat. That's what we call it. But basically, um, the group gets to ask clarifying questions of the person in the hot seat to make sure that everybody understands what they're trying to accomplish. And then the group provides advice, ideas, maybe similar situations that they've navigated through themselves. Um, And then the person in the hot seat decides, you know, okay, well, based on the feedback, here's what I'm going to do. And then the group holds that person accountable to to following through on that. And then at the beginning of the next call, uh, that person will provide an update on their progress with what they did and what the outcome was and that sort of thing. And it's pretty cool to see, you know, we've got a lot of really talented managers in our industry. and not everybody's fortunate enough to have had a great mentor. Uh, and so this is a great way for 
really industry experts across the, the country. We don't put anybody from the same market in the same group. That way people can feel that they can uh, put all their issues out on the table and speak open and honestly. There's confidentiality agreements that everybody signs when they are onboarded. And then they also have the opportunity to um, email members of the group in between sessions if there's a question or a concern. But it's really a trusted group of advisors, um, almost like a, a personal board that uh, they, that managers can go to to get feedback and ideas and and all that. So it's been a it's been a great program. Uh, we've had a lot of feedback uh, from it since we started it three and a half years ago. Uh, we actually haven't had a single person leave. Um, so it's it's been a uh, it's been a really valuable tool that the the uh, guys and gals that uh, serve our members in the industry uh, really enjoy. I've I've participated in mastermind groups different ones from, from, from yours, but that is always really the most valuable time that I have every month was when I was in those groups, because I, you mentioned it, accountability is so important in a mastermind group and the other folks in the group expect you to, to do what you're going to say. And so to have those people who are waiting for the answer next month to make sure you actually did what you said is really valuable to me. Plus just the, the brainstorming and the ideation that happens in those groups is really something you can't get anywhere else. So how do they, how do folks, if they're interested in maybe learning more about your mastermind groups, how do they do that, Ryan? Uh, they can just go onto our website and uh, fill out the, uh, the request more information form and uh, let us know. And then typically what we'll do is schedule a call with them, try to understand, you know, where they're at in their career, what they're hoping to accomplish, to learn a little bit more about their club. And then we'll uh, take them out to either one of our existing groups or, uh, sometimes even start them in a new group with uh, other managers of, of similar interests and, uh, and clubs. So, um, but we just want to make sure that uh, obviously the folks that are um, coming into the program are on board with all the expectations. Um, you know, we want to keep the integrity of the program uh, in place where people can speak openly and honestly, and that people are going to contribute and, and help other managers navigate through their, their challenges, just like the other managers are going to help them. Right. So you, there's other couple tools that you guys provide out there. You have a marketing and branding assessment tool. You also have a F&B self audit tool and you're offering private club radios, a special deal with that. So I would love for you to tell us about those tools and what you've got for our listeners. Yeah. So we've got, um, part one of our, uh, one of our initial offerings with a lot of clubs that maybe aren't quite sure where, um, they know they need help, but they're not quite sure where. So we'll offer an opportunity assessment for a nominal fee. Where we'll come in there, and we'll take a look at their, you know, their financials and their experience, and you know, their website and some of their overall collaterals. And these are some of the tools that we use in that opportunity assessment. And so this is just a way for folks to do a little bit of a self audit and see where the gaps are and where the opportunities are, both on the food and beverage side, as well as the uh, the branding marketing side. And so. Um, for the listeners today, we're happy to provide both of those to to them. Um, just need to uh, uh, shoot me a quick email and uh, let me know you heard us on the show, and um, we'll uh, send the links out to those. They're all online that you can complete, and it'll give you a, a nice, uh, clean and tidy report on uh, on what the uh, the outcome was. Yeah, it's a it's a really good offer. If you want to email Ryan, his email is Ryan. R-Y-A-N at strategicclubsolutions.com. Ryan, thanks so much for being on Private Club Radio and, and having some fun with us here today. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Gabe. Really appreciate it. 
That's going to do it for this episode of Private Club Radio. I hope you'll come back and join us next Monday and every Monday after that, for that matter. We have a lot of fun here weekly on the show. If you're a first-time listener, make sure to check out the past episodes. We're 143 weeks in a row doing this show, so there's lots for you to learn. I'll catch you next week. And until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.